Hey, everybody. This is Jordan Pacheco from the Glad Chad podcast. I hope you're doing well. And I wanted to talk about something bittersweet and a couple of my reflections. But a few days ago, three at this point, my grandma, um, woman in her mid 80s, one of the best women I ever met, passed away. And I was there in the hospital room surrounded with many family members um, as she as she died. And so you can imagine this is very topical um, for me and also very melancholic, but also extremely joyous. And the funeral's next week in New Mexico. Her name was Cecilia Bichicha. And so I wanted to take a second and talk about her because one of the things as Catholics and as Christians that we ought to do is remember our process of eternal memory. This is something that the Byzantines do extremely well, right? This idea that the people who we love, the people in our lives are gone, but they're not forgotten. Uh, and it's been a very difficult time for some of my family members and for all of us in a way. Um, but I'm also very grateful because my grandparents both live or lived in New Mexico, right? Northern New Mexico. So for all of her doctor's visits and stuff, my grandpa would actually drive up to Denver in order for her to get the treatment that she needed for a various amounts of illnesses and sufferings as is often the case when we get older. And so what's great about my grandma is that she lived one of those lives that was picture perfect on how a wonderful Catholic woman should live. She was a testament of faith, a pillar. She was the obvious and natural matriarch of the entire family. And one thing that's very interesting as the funeral arrangements are all being laid out is that already her family is it's too big to fit in the church just family alone but the entire town this little village in northern new mexico where they're from wants to honor her so we're working out how do we get the whole town kind of involved um so if you could remember that as as catholics our work for the dead isn't done when they close their eyes here on this earth we actually have a very solemn duty to pray for them and with the drop of eternal rest that project i've been working on for the augustine institute for over a year uh, coming out on November 2nd, you can imagine that this is extraordinarily topical for me. This is uh, this interests me very greatly. So um, I wanted to just tell you a little bit about her and what kind of woman she is and what kind of uh, woman I hope to meet again in heaven, because I'm going to give a very non-trad opinion. But my grandma for the last few years of her life had a lot of various ailments, some very worse than others. She ended up passing from colon cancer. But uh, at every juncture, she offered it up. She never once uh, doubted in the providence of our Lord. She never once complained about it, as far as I could tell. Um, she was an extraordinarily deeply religious woman, and it was so beautiful to see. And so she had gotten anointing both the Sunday prior to her coming up to Colorado and that Tuesday morning when she would eventually pass. So if I was to put a little bit of money down on <laughs> she went straight to heaven or not. I know that we are supposed to pray for the souls of the deceased, which is our, our calling because we don't know if they're in heaven or if they're in purgatory. That's why we, we pray. That's what the purpose of the funeral mass is. And that's what the purpose of our prayers after death are. But if I was to really put a little bit of money down, I'd probably wager that she could have gone straight to heaven, right? Because a woman who's lived an entirely Christian life and finally ends with a life of grace, saying yes to God, the sacraments, surrounded by her family, her loved ones who are praying the rosary, accompanying her. There is, there's no better way.
um, she was like, unconscious the last two days of her life. And so I never got a chance to, to say goodbye in that sort of fashion. But even that idea of goodbye is a bit of a misuse of the word when we talk about death. Because a good death, the death that means to die in a state of grace with the sacraments, right? With the desire to return to our Lord that he may recognize us, right? As a good and faithful servant. It really should be a see you later. In Spanish, um, and that's my grandma was a wonderful Hispanic woman. Uh, you know, adios is goodbye. But in reality, it's much better to say hasta luego, right? Which really is see you later. And so that was one of the last things I, I said to her when I was kind of whispering my farewells. I said, you know, uh, I know that this is hasta luego, that if I can live a life well lived, that there is hope in the resurrection, the hope in the new life, and that we will see our loved ones again. If you had asked my grandma um, to tell uh, you about herself, you probably would have had to ask multiple times because she was not accustomed to putting herself first. She was not accustomed to talking about herself. She was not accustomed to seeking after vain glory or hubris or any of these other traits. My grandma's life was entirely that of service and it was service devoted to her husband and service devoted to her children. My grandmother adored being a wife and mother. For her, this was the highest calling. And I mean this with great sincerity when I say that they simply do not make women like her anymore. And as a result of her enthusiasm to her vocation, she birthed four beautiful children, one of them being my mom. She had a marriage to my grandfather, uh, who's still alive, and that stretched almost to about 60 years, right? They might've actually hit 60 years, but I'm pretty sure it was close. Um, and as a result, there are so many times with, with her vocation that she got to see the fruits of her labor come to fruition. We live in a culture nowadays where people choose career or the pursuit of money or the pursuit of pleasure over a simple and humble life. And if you knew my grandma, she was not a woman of glitz and grammar, uh, glitz and grammar. She was one of high grammar. Yes. She was not one of glitz and glamour. She lived very simply along with my grandfather in this northern New Mexican village where they had been since forever, honestly, the 50s at least. Um, she cultivated a little house. She had simple pleasures and she got to see all of that grow up around her. She was Her household was blessed because she was very much a, a Proverbs 31 woman. She was um, extremely diligent, right? She was very regimented. She was a very neat person, but she was also very fun and overwhelmingly loving. And, and as she loved, oh my gosh, she loved being a grandma. You know, I think that that phase of life for her, which has been an extremely long one, thank God, but oh my gosh, she adored that. And as a result, uh, hard work and simple living, right? The adages of that generation really, really played a great part in her life. So it's amazing that I cannot talk about my grandma without, of course, talking about my grandfather because they were joined at the hip. They were married over two times the length that they were single on this earth. They'd gone to the Holy Land and on cruises and to Rome and to all these places. I think Rome, I'm pretty sure Rome. All these different places, right? And one of my favorite pictures of my grandma is actually her and my grandfather in the Holy Land walking on the Via Della Rosa, right? And they're carrying a cross as, as they move across. Maybe I can find the image, but you know, she's such a wonderful woman and she was so pious. I um <laughs> You know, it was without without sinning, I, I envied her her piety, right? This the 
the ability for her to believe the gospel, to want to study her faith, to live her faith, to share her faith. And she wasn't a woman of letters. She was extraordinarily smart, a very intelligent, extraordinarily sensible woman. And while she might have not had the objective educations in order to prove such things, if you had met her even for a day, you would have seen that she was, you know, you, you were not able to pee on her leg and tell, tell you it was raining, <laughs> tell her it was raining. Um, there's a, there's a scenario I like with my, with my grandma. I, I think about all the memories that I have with her. And for those who know me at this point, you know, some of my favorite foods are waffles and wheat thins and hot tamales. And every time I go over to, to Buddy and Rammy's, that's what we, we call them. Uh, man, they would always have the pantry stocked with wheat thins and hot tamales and watos is what, what you call them. Uh, and every time they came up to Colorado, they would have that for me. And it was just, it was the little things with her. It was the little things with her that she both derived great joy and pleasure from and also what she gave, you know. And think about how many of us, you know, we don't focus on our vocations. How many of us are not satisfied with family, right? We live in a culture nowadays, and I'm very fortunate. Again, my, my grandma, they really don't make women like her. But she was born in the 30s, loved being a wife, was married in the 50s. Um, my grandfather was a railroad man. He, he worked on the railroad as a foreman. He, he, was a, he is a veteran of the Korean War, I should say. And they, um, he, there was a man in Oklahoma who was selling a one-bedroom, one-bathroom house out in Des Moines, New Mexico in the 50s. And he wrote to him $1,000 later, and they dug out the basement by hand themselves. They cultivated everything in that house. It's, it was amazing, you know, just a testament to this very simple, simple people. And by simple, I don't mean in the mind, quite the opposite. But I mean, those who accepted their sufferings and their joys with, with just simple uh, divine uh, acceptance, right? The will of God to be pressed upon them. And that manifested in their children, my aunts and my uncle. And that certainly has made a great impression on us as our grandchildren. She would have told you about how much she loved her family, how much she loved her church, how she put Jesus in front of everything. This woman would walk around the house and I, I, I miss it so much. It's such a wonderful sound. She would have this kind of hollow little whistle. Very weak kind of whistle, just doing her thing, mind your business. And oh my gosh, I loved her. But let me tell you this about my grandma. At a time when she would she should be resting or sitting on the couch enjoying the, the, the luxury of being an advanced woman with all of these children around her to, at her beck and call. After every family meal, right, when us and the uh, my other siblings and even her children would be trying to clean up and everything, she would, you know, saunter into the kitchen and immediately try to clean, right? And you'd have to chase her out. Grandma, go, go sit on the couch. You're fine. In my family, um, afternoon wine drinking is called senora. And so nothing was better than waiting on my grandma and asking her, you know, una refresquita, right? Do you want some more senora? Um, obviously coming from a Hispanic family, she spoke Spanish, fluent, beautiful Spanish, right? Um, and so we would always bounce back and forth. You, you, when, I was, when I was in middle school and learned how to play the trumpet, she was so excited because Nana could play mariachi, which I never quite played very much of. Um, so you know I'm sad. I am sad and I was there with her the evening before she passed and then that day. And what's interesting about watching that process happen is that when my mom gave me the call, she said at first, okay, maybe a week, right? Maybe a week. That morning, it was 24 hours. By the time I got to the hospital in the late morning, it was two to three hours. So we don't know the day or the time, um, 
but it was her time to go and she was ready. And so her hospital room was overpouring with family members. And so many people, especially my cousins, all trying to figure out how to say goodbye. We had people on the phone holding up to her ear to say things. I, I brought, I called it my little trad bag. Me and Jen brought uh, a crucifix. We brought holy water. And of course, obviously we're not priests, you know, like the priest had anointed her, thank God. But just a lot of stuff, rosaries, just anything to kind of make a very clinical setting way more religiously focused because that's the goal, right? Death is not our enemy if we live a life well, right? A life in Christ Jesus, a life filled with the sacramental graces, a life filled with joy and acceptance of everything, the triumphs and the sufferings. And my grandma embodied that. And, you know, it's hard watching someone that you love go from this world. It really is. As Christians, it's okay to be sad, by the way. It's 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 a wonderful thing, right? Even even our Lord, God incarnate in the flesh, right? The shortest verse in the Bible comes from the fact that Jesus wept over Lazarus. But we cannot let our grief blind us from what the joy of a moment like this could be. The fact that my grandmother had a life well lived with grace at the end, that we can have extraordinarily hope right now even, that she is tasting in the joys of heaven. Because fun fact, when you go through your last rites, one of the things you get is the apostolic pardon, part of anointing of the sick or extreme unction. Right? The apostolic pardon removes not just our, our, our it removes our, not just our temporal punishments due to sin, but also the remaining residue. For instance, purgatory time. This is a great treasure of the church, a great indulgence that the church gives for those who are passing from this life to the next. Um, and so I, I remember that day that she passed, she looked extremely peaceful, right? Even though she was hooked up, you know, to a ventilator and um, that's not very fun to see your grand, grand uh, grandma hooked up like that. My Tia says, and I wish I saw it. I was right there, but I didn't see it, that she opened her eyes at one point, very briefly, but she opened them. And I've been really meditating on what she could have seen in those last moments as, we, as the soul leaves the body, right? There are so many wonderful, good and holy people that I've had the pleasure to know or know about in my family, right? Because we have a, we have a, a family that is widespread, right? We have a, both on the Pacheco and the Pachicha side, we have a very big family. And, um, you know, I think about, and with Jen now, married family, there's there are her patrons, right? There are those who've gone before in her family and they lived a great life of, of sacrifice and of devotion and of, of religious zeal and charity to their neighbor and love for God. And when they died, they had their sacraments. And so it's not far-fetched to believe that our loved ones could be sitting up in heaven having Senora, right? Um, that's not the purpose for the funeral mass, of course. We, we're not supposed to, it's not celebration of lives. I would not recommend that as a Catholic, but um, these are not, uh, you know, this is, this is a good kind of dare we hope right here, because it's very clear that if she said yes to the faith, which it seems like in every juncture she did, that Christ will, of course, fulfill his promise to us. Now, I'm going to miss her, but I get great hope that she is now a patroness of the Pachecos and the Pachichas, and that she'll watch over all of us, right? Praying for us as we finish our race on earth. And so her death is a great reminder, a great reminder that we know not the time or the hour. It's interesting because we were just there over Memorial Day weekend and she was fine and walking around and talking and I could hear her voice, of course. And 
even just two weeks ago, she was up here for a little hospital checkup. And again, we were, we visited her and normal as always, you know, we don't have the day nor the hour. And it would be foolish of us to think that we're all going to be able to pass away like that peacefully unconscious, right? In our sleep, surrounded by loved ones who are praying the divine mercy chaplet and praying the rosary. And so if we are not striving to be in a state of grace, um, we are being like the foolish virgins who went out with without oil in their lamps. We are setting ourselves up to be the guest at the wedding feast who doesn't have a garment and doesn't speak about why he doesn't have a garment. As of right now, uh, I got to get to confession. It's, I'm due for it, right? But seeing how she lived and how she died is a beautiful reminder that everyone that we love, every single person, even God himself could not escape death. But death doesn't have to be tragic because even in the funeral mass, it says this, it says, you know, life hasn't ended, but it has changed. If we do not hold those truths fast, if we do not understand the reason why the greatest symbol of our faith is a dead God on a cross, a crucified man, who for the sake and the sins of the whole world suffered and died for you and for me and for my grandmother and for everybody else that we may come to the fullness of the knowledge of the truth. If we do not have serious contemplations on memento mori, right? If we do not think about what they say to us on Ash Wednesday, right? Remember man that you are dust and unto dust you shall return then we live a life for naught. We live a life based in horrid materialism. We live a life where we forego our vocations for the sake of petty pleasures. And now that I have seen a beautiful, wonderful woman demonstrate directly to me how to be a good Christian, that is all I want in the world. And that's all that you should want in the world that we remember our death, not to be morbid or macabre, but to know that this life is but a drop in the bucket. These decisions are but a drop in the bucket for the infinite goodness that awaits us in the hereafter if we persist in faith in Christ. So I encourage you as I gear up for this funeral, right? Uh, and prayers for my family as well, right? My, my grandfather in particular, his name is Benny. Um, another, a man of, oh my gosh, he is easily one of the, if not the greatest man I know. And that's saying a lot because there are a lot of great men in my life, but my gosh, what a pillar, what a patriarch. If you could keep my family in my prayers, my mom, Judy, right? All my families, myself included. I think I'm going to be okay. I think it's going to be sad at the funeral, but we have this duty to pray for her and to pray for all the souls who may be in purgatory and also to ask the intercession of those souls and also the souls in heaven. I learned recently that the souls in purgatory, it's not like they're just cut off with only a one-way street. We pray for them and in return, they can pray for us because they are members still of the communion of saints. They're members of the body of Christ. And that's a very, very important thing. That's a beautiful thing that we really should celebrate. And we also just to celebrate my grandma in the process because she was 
One of the most, if not the most fantastic woman I've ever met in my life. And I cannot wait to see her again. And if you're out there, then maybe you stumbled upon this video and you need to get right with God. As I do, since I'm due for my confession, right? <laughs> I encourage you to think about what it's like to live and to die a life of sacramental grace. Not to run from God's mercy, but to embrace it. To embrace the cross, the sufferings of, of Christ. But also the joys, right? The joys of the wedding feast at Cana, as well as the sorrows of the passion. That is what a Christian is called to do. And therefore, at the end of our life, right, that we may hear the words of Christ as he looks at us, at us and knows us for what we are. And we pray that he may say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have run the race. You have endured what you needed to endure on earth that you may now enjoy the promises of paradise. I hope that God blesses you and keeps all of you. Please pray for Cecilia Pichicha, the repose of her soul. And also pray for me too, a little bit, if you don't mind. And I'll see you on the next one. Take care. Adios.